I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. this week's episode of Biz Talks. I'm Kim Singletary, Managing Editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine, and this week we're talking STEM, uh, Science, Technology, Engineering, and Math, with one of our new and notables honorees for 2021, Dr. Calvin Mackey, and he is the founder of STEM NOLA. Uh, He founded that nonprofit back in 2013, and that it, the organization is committed to bringing STEM education to area neighborhoods and communities, um, originally just to New Orleans, and, and that's changing. And we're going to talk to him about that today. He is a, uh, a New Orleans native, right, Dr. Mackey? Yes, Kim, born and raised in New Orleans. Born and raised. And you are a former tenured professor of engineering at Tulane? Yes, I started Tulane. I got my PhD from Georgia Tech and left Atlanta with a U-Haul truck full, drove to New Orleans on uh, June 30th, 1996, and started at Tulane July 1st, 1996. and was a professor there for nearly 12 years in the uh, School of Mechanical Engineering. Awesome. Uh, okay, so your organization, you, we'll back up just a little bit. So what got you interested in STEM fields? Well, uh, my, my dad was born and raised in St. Francisville in West Feliciana Parish. And he used to tell me a story about how he grew up picking cotton. And he knew he wasn't going to have many opportunities in West Feliciana Parish. So he left and moved to New Orleans and became a roofer. And he and his brother founded Mackey Roofing, uh, which still exists today. And all of my life, on the weekends and the summer, I had to get on the roof with my dad and always had a hammer in my hand and nails. So I was always interested in building stuff. So when I got ready to go to college, somebody said, you should be an engineer. And it, it stuck with me. So uh, that's how I got to Morehouse College, where I majored in mathematics, then left Morehouse and went over to Georgia Tech, where I got three additional degrees of BS, MS, and PhD in mechanical engineering. Oh, wow. That's a, that's a lot. Yeah. And, and you know, in... While I was at Georgia Tech, you know, I realized, you know, I was thinking about mechanical engineering, right? I was thinking about engines, building things, but I really became infatuated with, with water, with fluid flow. So my PhD is actually in thermal science with a uh, focus on, on, on fluid mechanics. So it only made sense for me to come back to New Orleans with all the water issues we have here and work at Tulane. So then what started, what made you, what was kind of the impetus for STEM the impetus for STEM NOLA was one, uh, when I came back to New Orleans, I wanted to make a difference in my community. So I was always looking for a way to engage the community in STEM. But, you know, the stress and pressure of being a college professor took over everything that I was doing. But then eventually I got married and had two kids. And one day uh, my son came home and he was in, I believe, the third grade. And my son said, Daddy, I don't like science anymore. And I'm like, boy, that's not possible because he's in the DNA. <laughs> He said, "No, Daddy. The teacher just talked to the board. We don't. We don't. We used to do a lot of experiments and stuff, and we don't do that anymore. So I couldn't allow that to happen. So I took my son in the garage, and every Saturday we would have like 
uh, Saturdays at the Mackey's and I have two sons, 16 months apart. So I was in the garage with my two sons and do these experiments. Then my neighbor's son came over. Then kids from the neighborhood riding their bikes there come over. And before you know it, we had 20 kids in the garage. And one day my son came home and I said, boy, what's your grades? He said, daddy, I got all A's. I said, that's what I expected you. He said, but daddy, my friends want to know, how do I know all this? I said, D did you tell him you do this with your dad in the garage? He said, yeah, dad, but my friends need this. And Kim, right then and there, my son realized that he had been exposed to somebody and things that his friends had not. And he believed in his heart of hearts that if his friends were exposed to those things and those people, then they would be just as bright as his grades were saying he was. But right then and there, I realized that my wife and I was keeping our time, talent, and treasure to our own too when we had something more to offer the broader community. So that's when we started to strategize and say, how do we give this to more kids? Wow. All right. So that was that was eight years ago. Um, and so tell me, you so now since then, well, during the pandemic, you guys had to do some digital uh, pivoting, um, but uh, the statistics are pretty amazing. So since you opened, um, you've impacted more than 70,000 students, 17,000 families, 2,150 schools in 47 states and five other countries. So that's that's definitely a lot more than, than hanging out in your garage. That's a lot more than hanging out in my garage. And one statistics we need to put on there is the amount of gray hair that I've grown in the last eight years implementing what, what we did. And, and you know, we started, I'll never forget, it was like December 14, 2013, I was talking to Mitch Landrieu and I, I pleaded for him to come out. I remember I was talking to Cedric Grishman at the time in the Congress, and I said, please come out and see this. And I told him I was gonna have a hundred kids. And <laughs> when they showed up, we had 500 people. We had 250 kids, 150 parents. It was cold and raining. And right then and there, we realized that we had touched on something that the community really, really desired. And since that cold winter day in December 2013, we've engaged over 70,000 kids. And COVID was an impetus for us to pivot virtually. We were having these big STEM events in a city called STEM Saturday or STEM Fets. Mm -hmm. And then when COVID hit, we, you know, everybody was like, you can't have events. What are you going to do? So my team and I got together in six weeks post shutdown uh, in that March, uh, at the end of April, we started what we call STEM, STEM at home, STEM no at home, where we just sent a link out across the internet and said, hey, we're gonna start offering these free STEM programs an hour on Tuesdays, and it was an hour on Thursdays from one to two central. And we uploaded all the materials that the, that the kids need and they had to register. So before you know it, we were engaging people in 47 states and five countries. Uh, including Ghana and Tanzania. And now we have an ongoing relationship with, with the uh, people in Ghana where we're shipping them kits and they are following our work asynchronous and, and engaging kids in Ghana. And we have a proposal now before the U.S. Embassy in Tanzania to create STEM Tanzania. So it's been quite a journey. Oh, wow. Okay, so so what does STEM NOLA look like? I'm assuming it's not just you making all this happen. <laughs> Um, STEM NOLA, it started with my wife and I and, and two sons who was eight and was seven and nine at the time. But now we're anywhere from between 35 and 40 uh, full-time employees. Wow. Um, 
Uh, we, we put over $1.2 million in the hands of college students in the last eight years because we hired college students as college interns. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, this summer, we went from like 40 employees to like almost 130, 140 because we partnered with Jefferson Parish Schools and they had their they had a um, a camp this summer for 3,200 kids, and we had to engage those 3,200 kids in STEM once a week for four straight weeks. So we hired 90-something college students as college interns. So my last payroll had like 140-something people on it. Something I never thought would, would happen. <laughs> that's a, that's a lot to manage. That, that's a lot to manage, and if there's a pain point. Uh, in, in the business, people will understand when I say this. I have consultants everywhere, right? I'm, I'm an engineer. I mean, I, I was trained to be a lab scientist, researcher. I had a lab at Tulane, and I've gone from, you know, five to six uh, graduate students that I was managing to managing a, a whole organization. And then you realize how much you don't know. Like I was telling people, I never really had a job. So I didn't even know what PTO was. I mean, they had to explain it to me. And then I got upset when they told me what PTO was. <laughs> so, so I'm learning I'm learning human resources, accounting, uh, you know, with the Family Medical Leave Act. I, I, look, I'm learning it all. <laughs> oh my gosh. So so what are what are the ages? Like your your kids, like you said, started at seven and nine. Who do you guys really target for this? Uh, we say we've created a cradle-to-career uh, uh, ecosystem pipeline. So primarily, STEMNOLA focuses on pre-K-4 all the way through 12th grade. So we take the pre-K-4 through 12th graders and we break them into four groups. So if you were to come to a STEMNOLA event, we have a group of pre-K-4 to second graders doing activities, third through fifth graders doing activities, sixth through eighth graders doing activities, and ninth through 12th graders doing activities. Then we surround those kids with college kids and graduate students. Then we surround the college students and the graduate students with uh, STEM professionals, uh, skilled men and women, tradesmen, and we call that vertical mentoring. And then a kid can see him or herself at any station in life. So the first grader can see him or herself as a sixth grader, can see him or herself as a high schooler, and can see him or herself as a college student or, or, or STEM professional. And what makes STEM so challenging and the challenge that America has in getting so many kids into STEM is that there is a lack of role models, right? Uh, in terms of kids being able to know, meet, and meet people in STEM. So my sons grew up, their mom is a pharmacist, their dad is a PhD in engineer. If they want to meet a doctor, I call my buddy. You know, if they want to meet an astronaut, I called my buddy. But for kids who don't have that type of access, we have to marshal not only the resources, but STEM NOLA marshal the human capital to their communities also so they can get no touch and feel real models uh, where they live learn and play now we hear a lot about stem and the importance of stem and stem education and opportunities Um, but you had said too that the data and the statistics explain why these kind of fields need to be prioritized to lift up communities can you talk a little bit about that um you know, I mean, just let's look at the world around us. I mean, we just went through a, a, a pandemic, but we, we're not through it yet. But we, we're in the midst of a pandemic still, and the entire world was waiting for STEM to save it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, athletes couldn't save it, entertainers couldn't save it, politicians couldn't save it, lawyers couldn't save it, 
it was the, the science, technology, engineering, and mathematics apparatus across the world that's working daily to come up with a cure to either mitigate or medicate uh, you know, the, the COVID-19 virus. And that's the world that we're going into. When you pick up your phone, I mean, there were more technology. There's more technology in a phone that you have in your hand that actually sent the first men to the moon. So technology is only going to become more infused into our life. We're going through the fourth industrial revolution right now. In the late 1800s, you had water and steam at the turn of the century. You had electricity and assembly line in the early 60s and 70s. That was the advent of the computer. But right now, we're going through this digital age where you have things like the Internet of Things, artificial intelligence, machine learning, big data, predictive analytics, social media, 3D printing, where you're having a, 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 a collision of technologies that talk to each other and really is going to play an amazing role in our lives. At any given moment right now in the United States, we have a million jobs that cannot be filled in computer science. At any given moment in America right now, we have upwards of a million jobs in cybersecurity that can't be filled. They're saying right now, going forward over the next 10 years, 20% uh, of all new jobs created gonna be in STEM. And, then, and if you wanna look at the earning potential, if you wanna know the economic viability of any community, only thing you have to do is count the STEM professionals. You can count the number of engineers in a community and that can give you an indication of the economic viability in any community. So these are the people that's not only uh, building the next product, uh, building a product that we use every day, but these are the people that are building a future that will shape our lives for years to come. So that's why it's very important for America to build a pipeline of talent to backstop uh, other people who are retiring. Uh, right now, you have China and India producing hundreds of thousands of engineers a year, but the United States for the last 20 years have produced between 60 to 70,000 engineers uh, annually, and that number is not increasing. So we need to increase the number of not only minority and women that's definitely underrepresented mm -hmm. in STEM, but increase the number of Americans in general going into uh, the STEM fields. So what is, what is the issue there? Is it not, um, is it in our educational system that it's not as much of a focus? Is it something where like so much of what you guys do seems to be very hands-on? So is it having kind of the time and resources to provide that? Like what, what's kind of keeping us back? I think it's, and look, and this is Calvin Mackey speaking. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at the research, the research will point to some things, but I'll point to, uh, I'll point to other things also. Uh, and the research points to all of this, but a lot of times if you talk to educators, educators will say, well, you know, it's because kids have a weak background in science and math. Then they have to go down a rabbit hole and say, well, they have weak backgrounds in science and math because their parents had weak backgrounds in science and math. And the parents didn't, uh, you know, uh, get the kids introduced to science and math earlier. And all of that plays a role in a role in it. But I believe it's also culture. I'll never forget uh, Tom Freeman in his book, The World is Flat. Uh, Tom Freeman talked about American culture. And he said, when you go to China, you know, Bill Gates is a superstar. Kids will hang from the banner to the rafters just to get a, a look at Bill Gates. You know, but when you come to America, kids hanging from the rafters to see uh, Britney Spears. Right. So we, we have a culture. Uh, that uh, promotes everything but the people who are the creators of, of tomorrow. I mean, 
You have, you know, we're worried about the Saints. We're worried about the Pelicans. Our kids know Zion. Our kids know Drew Brees. Our kids know LeBron James. Our kids know Michael Jackson. Our kids knew uh, 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 Britney Spears. So the culture is so strong in terms of the of driving the behavior of our kids that is really not pushing them into the areas where they need to be uh, in terms of becoming the next great scientist, technologist, engineer, engineer, mathem mathematician. Because believe it or not, just like in athletics, in STEM, you have to start early. Now, my story is I started college in remedial reading, developmental mathematics, because I did not start early. And that's why I'm fighting to make sure that our kids are introduced to these areas in, in kindergarten and first grade so they can begin to lay the foundation such that if they do decide to go that way, it won't because they won't have the background. That's awesome. And I mean, and what you're doing has also has attracted some uh, attention and some support from very large corporations in the area. You've got support from Entergy and Boeing and Oshner and Chevron and and so, which is great to see. Um, and then you've part of that is is going to help. I know you get, just got a, a 1.25 million dollar grant from the Kellogg Foundation. Um, and that part of that is going to your STEM NOLA Innovation Center. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, yes. Uh, I mean, Boeing, Entergy, Oxygen, and Chevron have really been big supporters of our work. Uh, and that speaks to uh, our fidelity and commitment to the STEM mission. But Oxygen really stepped up uh, a couple of years ago. I had a vision of, you know, now we've engaged in all these people in their communities. The question becomes, you know, where do they go, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not very proud to say that Anthony Mack is my younger brother and Anthony Mack is the new Captain America. But people don't know the story is when Anthony Mackie was in middle school, our mother passed away. You know, my mom died in bed. I promised her that her younger siblings, that my younger siblings would have everything that she wanted for them. Well, Anthony wanted to be an actor. And I told him, you're not going to stand on the corner and be discovered. If you're going to be an actor, you're going to go to school, just like you would do in any other profession. So Anthony wanted to be an actor. And guess what? There's a place for Anthony to go. He went to NOCA. Mm -hmm. And the rest is history. So for the little kids in our community that want to be uh, the next astronaut or the next inventor or the next Dr. Frazier at Obatala Scientist or the next Savitri Wilson, uh, you know, run, running her company, where do they go? So I had a vision of creating a space like the NOCA STEM, right? Like this place where kids can come that really wanted more and we can be hyper-focused on developing them. So Oxygen donated a 42,000 square foot building to STEM NOLA in New Orleans East, right there on the service road between Reed and Crowder. And we believe this innovation center will be the NOCA STEM for the entire region. We already have people coming from St. Tammany Parish, the North Shore, all the way from Baton Rouge for our programming. But now we'll have a hub where they can come and be introduced to technologies and subjects that they otherwise may not ever get in their schools and in their communities. So what's the timeline for the center? Woo! <laughs> I'm sure that's hard to answer at the moment. Well, I didn't want that pressure, right? So I kept it quiet. And then Kellogg gave us the 1.25 million and made an announcement. And everybody like, you have a building. So the pressure has been on. So we, you know, we've been meeting with accountants. We've been meeting with funders. I mean, we've been meeting with architects, been meeting with funders. So 
uh, ambitiously, I'm really saying the summer, summer of 2023, okay. and at the latest uh, Q3, January 1st, 2024. So what do you, like, you talk about NOCA, so do you see this as something where kids, is it is it going to be more of a, a high school type situation where people can get in there and, and go for training before college kind of thing? Uh, yes. Yes, and okay. uh, so my son, my son is now a freshman at Howard University in, in Washington, D.C. And I just went and picked him up this weekend from his summer bridge program. And my son was, you know, he was amazing in STEM, right? But once he got to like his junior year, I was like, what is there in the community for my son? I mean, he can go take college courses and then some of the college courses he couldn't get in. So we want this center to be a place where families, families and kids can come to be exposed to uh, short courses and subjects and classes uh, in camps that they otherwise may not have uh, access to in their community and their schools. But also we want to be able to offer courses for those advanced kids who want to come and take uh, artificial intelligence. And since we announced that we are building this, this center, we've been having these things called short courses. So for ninth through 12th graders, we have something called the Stemnola Fellows. And the ninth through 12th graders are the kids who been through all of our exposure program and say, hey, I want more. So recently we had like a wearable technology course taught by the engineers from Fitbit. So now companies and colleges have been reaching out to us saying, hey, how can we have access to your kids? So that's what we see the center as, right? We see my colleagues at Georgia Tech teaching a short course where a kid could come and take eight to 10 hours and learn about something that, that they really have an interest in. And then they can get badges and certificates and really make them uh, marketable to colleges all over the country. Wow. Um, so, all the, so all of the above, right? We want to be a center where it, it definitely won't be something for just the, you know, the, the, the bright kids that are geniuses in STEM. It will be a place where kids can come and parents can come and families can come to, to be exposed and engaged and be educated on different subject matter. That sounds awesome. Um, well, so in the meantime, you guys have launched as of July 20th, you've launched STEM Global Action. What is that? So we have STEM NOLA. STEM NOLA is the, what we call a STEM ecosystem for the city of New Orleans. Uh, but, and we built this model. So now other communities want the model. So tomorrow we are launching STEM Illinois with the University of Illinois. And we're gonna do a, a uh, virtual program all across the state of Illinois for the University of Illinois, launching STEM Illinois. We've launched uh, Northside STEM District in Minneapolis, right where George Floyd was killed. We've launched STEM Gramlin with Magic Johnson and Sodexo Magic and uh, Gramlin. We've launched STEM Baton Rouge. The Department of Defense have given us $3 million to replicate the model in Alexandria, Shreveport, and along the Gulf Coast. And along the Gulf Coast, we've launched STEM Gulf Coast. So STEM Global Action is like the umbrella for all of those communities to sit under. So they can't sit under STEM NOLA, right? So STEM NOLA is an affiliate. STEM Gramlin is an affiliate. So it's, a, it's the umbrella, the new branding uh, of STEM NOLA's name so that 
we can have a larger platform to amplify our work and our mission across now the globe uh, rather than just in New Orleans. So as part of that, so you've got a website, you've got, there's a podcast series, a newsletter, a resource library, um, uh, yes. all of that. There's, yeah, talk, talk a little bit about what you guys are offering. So at, at STEM Global Action, and you know, it's funny, right? I realized I had to do something when I went to Baton Rouge Bat, because Baton Rouge doesn't want anything that's New Orleans. So <laughs> we couldn't call, call it STEM NOLA Baton Rouge, right? So it had to be STEM Baton Rouge. So communities want to own their solution. So that's why we have the name STEM Grammar, STEM Baton Rouge, STEM NOLA. And then at stemglobalaction.com, we're going to have a podcast. And the podcast is to amplify the voices of uh, people across this country that's doing the work of STEM. Educators, founders of technology companies, CEOs. We have a long list of people uh, now that's reaching out saying, hey, I definitely want to be on a podcast with you, Dr. Mackey, because they know how I run my mouth. So they know it's going to be quite, uh, quite entertaining and quite informative because I have a way of challenging them. I had, you know, we got the president of George Mason University coming on, the dean of engineering at University of Maryland. I mean, we have a bunch of people who want to speak to the community, and that's something that's missing in the STEM uh, ecosystem, uh, voices that otherwise can speak to the common uh, man or the common mom and dad to let them know what, what they need to know so that they can make informed decisions about their children. Uh, we're going to have a newsletter, right, that amplify uh, the statistics, the subject matters, things that's happening. And it'll be in a language that, that that common man and woman can understand so they can be informed. We're gonna have a founders chat where we're gonna invite founders of companies, big and large from around the globe to just you know, chat for 20, 30 minutes because many kids never get to, you know, they, they never get to, you know, Walter Isaacson is here in New Orleans. And I've had the chance to sit down with Walter Isaacson. But, you know, other kids need to be able to talk to Walter and gain the insight that he's gained from sitting down with people like Steve Job and you know and other people like that. So we're just trying to create a place where families, mothers, fathers, educators, uh, employers can come, one-stop shop clearinghouse to get what they need to make informed decisions for the 21st century, for their companies, uh, for their families, for their children. That sounds great. Um, so, so I wanted to wrap up. We've, we've talked about, you know, your STEM NOLA going global, but um, with the Innovation Center, um, with everything that you guys are doing, what's what's the goal for New Orleans? What do you see? We have we have such a huge disparity here. Um, how do you see this hopefully playing out to, to address that? I, recently, Somebody contacted me and said, uh, I'd like to meet with you. And the guy came to town. And the guy was, was, was very wealthy. And he said, you know, I'm looking for something real. I'm looking for something tangible uh, that's changing the trajectory in lives. And somebody pointed me to Stem Nola. And when he left, he, he, he has ties to New Orleans. When he left, he said, I never thought I'd find something in New Orleans. That I, that I wanted to be a part of. And right then and there, I realized that we have created something and are, are creating something that, that, that the rest of the country and the rest of the world may need. My vision is, is to make New Orleans the destination 
for community outreach in STEM, where universities, corporate social responsibilities, where institutions come to be trained and learn, and learn best practices about how to put STEM in all parts of their communities, their schools, and to whoever needed, whether it's rural, whether it's urban. Uh, we have, and at the moment, we have people, we just had a STEM Saturday in person, our first STEM Saturday in person, sponsored by Boeing, a big rocky day at the Lakefront Arena, over 350 kids. And we had people from, we had uh, people from Philadelphia, Saginaw, Michigan, and Minneapolis who made the trek to have a conversation about how do we put this in their community. So the vision is, is to make New Orleans, uh, what I call like the, the Disney of STEM, right? Where people come and that 42,000 square foot center will be the, you know, the, the centerpiece for that training for the rest of the country. And that would help then I'm assuming because our, our economy, we have such a strong focus on on hospitality and tourism and stuff. And we've seen that during the pandemic, especially um, really get hit hard. So this, I'm assuming would might help even further diversify our economy. Um, STEM is something that's obviously not going away. These are the careers of the future. Um, so it would behoove us to, to have more, more people here trained in it. Um, and then especially in people of color, lifting up organ uh, uh, neighborhoods and, and, you know, getting people paid better, getting the, you know, getting uh, all the, all of that happening. And so you see that as kind of changing our economy too? Uh, I see it as changing the economy, but also changing the trajectory of, of families. I mean, we have a list of kids that have gone on to get engineering degrees and have their mother and father say, my kid is now making more than anybody in our family have ever made. Now, the challenge there is getting those kids to come back home and work here and finding and creating those type of jobs here so they can have that type of employment here. But I think sometimes we underplay what we have to offer in New Orleans and in the region. I used to be on the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority. We built, I mean, we developed a $50 billion coastal restoration plan. This state will spend a billion dollars a year for the next 50 years trying to save our coast. So for our STEM NOLA fellows, we have an entire course in partnership with uh, the coastal uh, the coastal research uh, department at UNO, teaching our kids coastal concerns. So we want our kids to know you can go get these big fancy degrees and come back home and create companies to save yourself and make a living wage, if not uh, get rich or wealthy and transform your community. So yes, you know we believe that the more people that we can expose to STEM. And the more people that we can get to pursue STEM as a career is the greater likely that we have people coming back here, creating their technology companies or their construction companies or their environmental science companies here rather than other places. Well, that's awesome. Super excited. So I, so how do you, how do you, how do people reach you? <laughs> how do they find so out more about, about what's going yeah. on? <laughs> I'm like Tupac. I'm not hard to find. I think somebody <laughs> put my number in a on a wall in a bathroom. But no, <laughs> uh, just stemnola.com. I mean, uh, you can email me at info info at stemnola.com. I just Google stemnola.com, stemglobalaction.com. We have a contact list there, and 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 again, I'm very I'm very approachable. I'm very open. Uh, many people call, email, and we are helping 
and whoever we can help. So please, if you have any questions or concerns, if you want to support, if you want to volunteer, that's a big part of what we do. We, we, we've provided companies with a pathway to engage their employees in, in the community and amplify their brand in the community. So there's a place for everybody at STEMNOLA to get engaged in the community. Uh, just go to stemnola.com. Well, super exciting and, and really great to see something from New Orleans that's so beneficial. Um, go global and, and get us recognized in a, a new way. And uh, just so excited to have you on and as, as one of our new and notables for July for actually the month of or the year of 2021. Um, and I just really appreciate your time. Thanks so much. Thank you, Kim. And thank you all for, for the honor and for the, uh, you know, just for the visibility. Thank you for letting the community know what we're doing. Great. And if you want to see uh, Dr. Mackey, he is in our July issue of Biz New Orleans as one of our new and notables for 2021. And um, yeah, check out those websites. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.